You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We got ourselves a big win over the Bengal Tigers down there in LSU. Jared, I know you're feeling really good about this game. I don't think we anybody were was feeling this good about us beating LSU 48-11. to No, I didn't predict that. At War Eagle, by the way. Yeah, this is uh, it's the worst. Uh, it's the largest margin of victory, I think, for Auburn in the entire series with LSU. So yep. you're not going to, you know, you wouldn't, you might have thought predicting that with 2010 or 2013 or 2017 uh, by the end of the year, but not with this team. So it was, it, I'm pleasantly surprised, AJ. How about you? Man, I think everybody was pleasantly surprised. I mean, considering we've had so many close games where it seems like a flip of the coin and things could have just gone the other way. And we get a big 37-point win over a team that nobody predicted, at least in the recent history of LSU, we've been able to dominate by this much. Everybody was, I think everybody was kind of thinking it's probably going to be a you know 10-point win, a 3-point win, something like that uh, by either team. And we come out, and I feel like after the first quarter where it was scoreless, the second, third, and fourth quarters were some of the most complete quarters I might have ever seen out of Auburn. And that's saying something considering we still, even in that fourth quarter, we threw in our second stringers and maybe even some third stringers um, in there. When you're doing that against an LSU team, you're feeling really good. And uh, you know the players were too. Um, Jared, okay, so we we come into this game thinking if we lose this game, we're going to be three and three. We win this game. We're now four and two. How does this win kind of help Auburn going into this this next bye week and then into the rest of the season? I think it's everything. I mean, uh, listen, we were we've been pretty down. Fans were down. Uh, some of it not uh, you know a little over the top. Let's be honest, but they're fans. Um, you know, recruiting is we're suffered fans. A, we overreact. We're fans. We're fans. <laughs> I know, I know. I've overreacted many times. Recruiting has suffered a little bit. I don't think we're doing as well as we normally would have. So, you know, to do this at 3.30 CBS, everybody in America gets that channel. You don't even have to pay for it. You can get it with antennas. So pretty much everybody was watching that. We're always in battles with LSU for recruits. Um, for this year here, you know, we're 4-2. and two. Um, We're going into a bye week uh, on a good note. And more importantly, though, I, I feel like we have found our identity offensively. Yeah, I think that's probably our biggest thing. I mean, when you look at the first four games, I felt like we were trying to figure that out. We found little pieces by little pieces. Both started to figure out how to run uh, in this offense. Tank obviously emerges as a offensive threat that we can lean on a little bit more. And our wide receivers 
have been, had some pretty good games for the most part, but I've had times where they, they struggled to catch balls even sometimes and help out Bo. And it felt like we got to a point in these last couple of games where the uh, all three of those aspects, quarterback, running, running back, and wide receivers kind of played well together. Um, and I haven't even mentioned this. I think the biggest shining star right now is this offensive line. Um, you may have seen the style already, but LSU, they're a formidable defensive front. They get two quarterbacks. They run over quarterbacks a lot of times. And, I mean, for LSU, they, they were the SEC leading pass rusher. So they got to quarterbacks a lot before this game. And Auburn's offensive line, even without Brandon Council, who got injured, um, they were able to not allow any sacks for the entire game. I mean, Jared, can you even, uh, I wasn't even picturing anything close to this um, when we were looking at this offensive line game, say game one or two. Like, uh, where do you, how how do you think this O-line has improved um, since we've seen them uh, from game one? I think it's remarkable. I think it's probably the biggest. I know that Bo has improved and he gets credit. I know Seth and Schwartz and Tank and all those people get credit because that's who's, you know, that's the flash, you know. But the O-line, um, what they've done is pretty remarkable. The The coach needs a lot of credit. Um, I mean, we're still not great there, but we were bad and I think we've said for a while that really with the skill players we have, we just need to be average. I kept saying that last year. I felt the same way this year. I would say they're above average the past two weeks. Um, not great. Still room for improvement. But they're above average. And I'll be honest with you, um, I'm not predicting anything crazy. But it's very, very possible that with above average offensive line play, Auburn, there's only one other team on their schedule that they probably won't win. Hmm. I mean, that's and, and I think you're kind of alluding to Bama. Is that what you're kind of thinking? Uh, no, Mississippi State. I'm kidding. Yeah, Bama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, with Alabama, you've seen it with Georgia. I mean, with Alabama, you gotta you gotta be elite at least on that day. You gotta be playing elite everywhere, and we've done that uh, way more against Alabama than anybody else. But with above average line play, with the skill players we have, um, we don't lose to South Carolina if we get that there. And we definitely, uh, very likely may not lose any other games but to Alabama. And we could win that too. I d- I'm just really excited about where they're at right now with, with the O-line play. Yeah, I mean, considering that we've had consistent rushing attack too. Not just protecting the passer, but getting lanes open for guys to run through a hole. Uh, I mean, that's why Tank's been so productive. I mean, it's Tank being elusive. But he won't have that nearly as much if there's no holes for him to run through. And, uh, I mean, that's a big attribute uh, to how good the, the offensive line has uh, gotten to um, this far in, thus far in the season. They've had, they've had um, we should note this, they've had four straight 200-yard uh, performances rushing the ball. And that's, no doubt, Tank has created some of that. But that's the O-line, too. I mean, that's pretty good. Four, four in a row. Uh, I don't know that. Man, I'd have to go back and look. We didn't hit 200 very often last year. No, no. And we've done it two, four weeks in a row now. I mean, and it's just a thing of – it wasn't even the you know probably the best day for Tank Bigsby. He didn't even break 100 yards. 
But when you allow, and I think this is where the game planning for Chad Morris came in, where Chad Morris was so, uh, I don't know, it sounds like he's being very flexible to understanding what Bo is most comfortable with. And it showed this game. The the completion percentages for Bo keep going up. The amounts of time that uh, Bo stays in the pocket and feels comfortable is going up. The amount of time that he's intentionally rolling out to find a, a receiver, those are designed plays, and that's a good thing um, because that's that. I mean, Bo's even said it when he's out there in the open field, he's most comfortable, and uh, you're seeing all of those come together where Chad and Bo Nix are kind of playing off each other and figuring each other out. Um, and I, I think that kind of brings me to my next point, Jared is. We, we in previous seasons we always kind of joke around that it usually took like Gus Malzahn about four games or so to figure out what the offense is going to do and how the identity of the offense is going to be. Well, I I think it was about the same uh, with Chad Morris this year. It took us about four, maybe five games to really figure out what are we doing on offense because even that South Carolina game, I felt like we had identity. It was just we had three interceptions or three turnovers like that. You can't win a lot of times when you have that many turnovers. Um, but Jared, now that you kind of we can see back and see the trends of uh, us offensively improving after you know four or five games, where what what do you think's really changed um, to get us going and, and get this offense ident- where the identity is very evident to us? Yeah, I think a couple of key things. Number one, we've talked about the O line is playing better. Um, the, um, I think that we started building the offense around what Bo's good at instead of trying to make Bo do other things. And, um, I think, you know, Bo may wind up being, Bo may win the Heisman before he leaves here and he may wind up being a fantastic pro style quarterback. Um, currently at the moment, I think he's better, uh, one or two reads if it's not there get yardage, take off. Mm-hmm. And I think what was doing before is we were probably, it appeared we were saying, no, stay in, try to stay in the pocket, keep looking downfield, keep looking downfield. And so he would roll out quick and keep looking, keep looking, and then run out of bounds two yards behind the line of scrimmage. He didn't do that yesterday. Yesterday, if the two reads were not open, he was getting north and south. Yep. He was not going east and west. He was getting up. And I mean, that's a huge difference. Even if you're just getting four yards and he was getting like 10. Yep. Um, and somebody made a, uh, somebody that is a blogger, they made a, a point. They said Bo was out running like DBs yesterday. And they even asked him about that. And he said that, you know, his, he's been his training and stuff that he's been working out in the off season. He looked very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say essentially get, focusing in, probably getting rid of some of the plays. They probably <laughs> shortened the playbook. Quick passes, like you mentioned, they had him rolling out on some that he was passing where he's comfortable. I saw, I think, 58% of our plays were pass at play action. Bo's really good with play action. So 58%. I mean, I just think we've kind of figured out, all right, look, here's what Bo does really well. And the emergence of Tank. We did not realize we had Tank. So now that we know what we have with him, we've started essentially focusing on the run. And when we do pass, do it in a comfortable manner for Bo and basically just don't make mistakes. Yeah. And, and you saw how good Bo was this game. I mean, he attributed to four touchdowns, three through the air, one, uh, one using his legs and he had 81 yards rushing. And like you said, a lot of that had to do with, he was rolling out 
uh, maybe as a design run or he if he had like i noticed a few times they would have five wide receivers out and it would be the design run where bo Nix just literally takes a step back and it's a design quarterback run right out the middle and bo is making agile i mean like these are not substandard uh defensive backs and safeties no these are some i mean literally some of these are some of the players that you will definitely see in the nfl for lsu um and these these were guys bo was just juking out of their shoes and i not many quarterbacks are able to do that um and and also be able to pass well so you got both kind of going on for bo right now and uh i mean he's leaning heavy on running and as long as we can keep Bo healthy running, I'm all for it. I think Bo's most um, impactful when he's running. Um, so, I mean, obviously when he passes, obviously. But if you get him running, I think that leads to uh, more more action with the passing game too. I think you made a good point about the level of competition. Listen, LSU is not a great team. But LSU is loaded with four and five stars. Okay, oh, yeah. So yeah. we need to remember... Whenever you sit back and say, well, LSU is not that good, you probably also were the same person that probably picked LSU to beat us. So we just destroyed a team that is loaded with four and five stars. They're not playing great as a team, and I get that. But for Bo to one-on-one do what he did to some of these people, it's still funny about the uh, the zone read where he scored. Uh, that, <laughs> it, they were, it was like two brothers fighting over the ball. <laughs> Tank wanted that ball. And Bo's like, nah, I'm keeping this one. Um, yeah. And then Bo beat the DB to the to the corner, yeah. and then kind of shifted enough to where he didn't get tackled and dove in. And I mean, that's that's an athletic play. Yeah. It, well, I was looking at that play particularly. I rewatched it a few times, and Tank would have scored. We had the edge. Tank literally just has to get around the edge, and he scores easy. Um, and Bo had to beat essentially one if not really two guys it had to be two guys game. yeah and uh i mean that's impressive in and of itself yeah i and i, I don't know if we're going to talk about throwing later but I'll, I'll say um so somebody made a point about that um the play where seth lost the ball in the end zone mm-hmm. which was the correct yeah. review call i hate to say it but it was the right call um uh that he's throwing that so well it's basically that back shoulder um, but they said that Seth has starting to adjust to it better too. Cause Stingley was basically looking for Seth to go into the end zone mm, and yep. Seth and Bo were on the exact same page yep. where Bo, where Seth basically kind of stopped at the, th- at the two yep. and it's right there. And that's the thing that Bo did. He put it right. It was already thrown before Seth did that, but Seth did his job too. So there, I, I would say, uh, they were arguing at South Carolina. I think they're, I think they're back on the same page. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, and that was against Stingley, who's a, he's another one of those DBs that I mentioned that is going to be playing on Sunday, probably a first-round draft pick. And Seth was slowed down a little bit by him. But, I mean, considering he still had 71 yards and averaged almost 20 yards or 18 yards of play, that's significant. Um, that means he's able to still do some work. Um, and, I mean, if you had told me that we were – running for 200 yards and we still had uh what is that almost like 300 yards passing i'd have been like all right automatic win um this is this is awesome um and and still to think i feel like some of the offense uh there's points where i i want to see not necessarily these like super flashy plays 
but I want to see like a consistent, like sometimes I feel like some of these plays were just kind of like little flashy, little, Oh cool. Let's do this little, you know, jet sweep, which we, we have done in since probably like two years ago. I mean, maybe we did some last year. I think we did some last year, but we hadn't seen any this year. And I was thinking, okay. I mean, it, yeah, it's working against LSU today, but if a team starts teeing off on that, that's going to be a negative two yard loss every time. Yeah. I think the thing you got to be careful of there, you can't just do it every time. So like, I'm thinking even on like the tank reverse where they brought short tank ran out and flipped it to, you mm-hmm. know, uh, sometimes tank keeps that, you know, so that's how you keep a defense honest of where you don't give it every time on stuff like that. So, you know, the sugar huddle is almost always a handoff to the guy coming in motion. I think we did that yesterday. And so you got to be careful of that as well. Um, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I, <laughs> there's a, a lot of plays like Gus's offense, but they worked. And I don't think Gus is calling plays, but I absolutely think he's gotten, I think his handprint is all over the run plays. Yeah. The passing routes are absolutely things Chad has brought to the table. Yeah. And the well, shorter routes and the slant routes. Well, even some of those uh, run uh, run things that we were thinking about, like the jet sweep or the sugar huddle, those are very Gus Malzahn-like plays. And maybe Gus said, I'm seeing this. I mean, Gus is still an offensive-minded guy. Um, he knows that certain uh, if you know the defense lines up in a certain way, the jet sweep's going to work ninety percent of the time. So I'm okay with that. Um, I, I think if you sprinkle those in, now if that becomes the identity of our offense uh, going forward, that we run those plays ten times a game, I think we've got an issue, and there might have been a, a a switch in who's actually calling plays here. But I don't think that's that's the case. Like I still no, legitimately no, I- think there's way too many plays where. That that did not look like a Gus Malzahn type play. No, and I don't and I don't think Gus is calling plays during the game, but his handprint is definitely on the running plays, and <clears throat> it may have shifted after week two because we started realizing, oh, we we got a pretty good run attack. So Gus probably got more involved at that point of, hey, let's these are things that worked in the past. So passing is is Chad, the short routes, the slant routes, those are Chad, um, and it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I really couldn't care less who's calling plays. As long as they're working and, you know, we're, we're, we're improving. Um, and that definitely happened on Saturday. I, what'd you think about the old, uh, the, the several pass plays to, to big old JJ Pegues? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all for getting JJ the ball as many times as possible. And the way we got him the ball this time was pretty cool. I mean, you get him running already at full speed, get the ball in his hands on a little, a uh, little pass and he's running. And these DBs that are probably almost 100 pounds lighter than him are trying to ankle tackle him because that's all they've got. They're not going head to head on this guy. They're gonna get run over. They try that. <laughs> yeah, there was one tackle where three three LSU guys were around and only one actually went at him. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like the other two were like it was like they were doing rock paper scissors. Who's about who's actually going to try to tackle this guy? Because <laughs> I don't want to. So yeah, yeah, he's fun to watch, man. Yeah, he's all. I feel like he's going to be our. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a. Do you have like a similar player to what what he's been like in the past? Maybe like like I don't even know. I don't think there is it. I mean, you can't size wise. You can't. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody. Um, you know, other than 
There was a Jared Lorenzen for Kentucky who was a quarterback who was pretty athletic. He's not even the size of Pegues. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I heard him on the broadcast. I don't know who said it, but one of the Auburn coaches said, this is kind of like a generational type talent. Like, like you don't get guys like this Yeah. Um, with his athletic ability and his size. And yeah. I do think they're still trying to slim him down a little bit. And honestly, if he's going to stay on offense, he probably needs to um, just a little bit. But um, as of right now, he's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, you have a 300-pound man running full steam, and he's running probably about as fast as most players in the defense anyway, so that's pretty cool. Hey, Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. And a kind of interesting thing that we did get to see, and, and this was something I know I was personally rooting for, was to see some Mark Anthony Richards. Uh, we've heard he's been healthy, but we hadn't seen him yet in the season. Uh, he ended up getting five rushes for 16 yards. And uh, what did you think of finally getting to see Mark Anthony uh, now that he's uh, kind of made his emergence? Twitter, Twitter should be able to calm down then, because that's been the that's been the talk. Uh, Tank ta- could win the Heisman, and people were saying, "Hey, put Mark in." I, you know, I think uh, you know it's good to see him. I didn't know if the guy existed because <laughs> you hear. I mean, that's how bad we beat LSU. We put in a guy that doesn't even exist and played. So it was good to see him. I think he had the kick return or the punt return right there, mm-hmm. and then he stayed on the field to um, you know to run the ball, and I, he did okay. I mean, you know, I. Um, it's hard to get any gauge anything off that, but um, yeah, I mean, you definitely get him some game time because DJs can't stay healthy, and the way Shivers attacks people, he's bound to get hurt. So, um, you definitely need you need as many running backs as you can as you can get. Yeah, I mean, he would be our probably our fourth deep, and I I think having an extra guy. I mean, now we're getting a little few reps for him now. You got to think that's got to got to help us later in the season if uh, any of our running backs get uh, a little dinged up. Um, something else I wanted to notice uh, to to make note of was uh, so we've talked a lot about obviously uh, Seth Williams and how good he is, but how awesome was that ninety-one yard catch from Schwartz? Like Ooh. dominating, just it wasn't even close. It felt like the DB just gave up. <laughs> I think the DB was probably running at 110% and Schwartz was running at about 70. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did. It was funny. I actually clocked it to try to figure out how far did it, you know, how long did it take him to get from the 10 yard line on one side to, so you know, you're running 90 yards and it was like right at like 10 and a half seconds. 
which you know you're thinking okay that's not super fast for anthony schwartz who's running almost like a 10 second you know but he was do- also doing that in football pads and still was able to just outrun outrun his guy so think about if he's just he doesn't have any uh, football shell helmet pads on he's he's re- he's running that even faster <laughs> You know what I what I hope is that that opens that up more because honestly, as fast as he is, I mean that's what Alabama does. They take the top off the defense, mm-hmm. and as fast as Schwartz is, and really is probably a credit to our running game because the more you can run it, the more those safeties have to you know creep down, and you know it takes one juke move and then Schwartz is gone. So it was nice to see them connect. We've missed that more than we've connected on it really since uh, Stidham's, you know, 2018 campaign where we didn't really connect on a lot. So it was good, man. Uh, it was a great play. Good for Schwartz. He's worked hard. He's done a lot of the, the dirty work things. I didn't know if he would be that kind of guy, and he is. He does the short routes. He blocks. He does it all. So it was good to see him get his due on the what he's kind of known for. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a couple of times where he even uh, ended up just being that kind of first down route catcher which was awesome to see um he's a great route i didn't know if the guy would make it in pro i'm like yeah, okay he's really fast you know what's he good he's a great route runner man I, I think he will make it in the pros i mean he's he's got the speed for it and that's something cool to see because considering how many times he, i feel like he's probably gone back and forth on do i go with this track career or do i go with this football career i think he's he's showing more and more that he's able to stick with the top level of the secondary of LSU who is fast and physical and that's very impressive. Um, let's talk about another wide receiver that I noticed and uh, then we'll move on to defense is uh, capers. And, and this is a guy that you and I have been wanting to kind of have this breakout and he finally got his first career touchdown, which I'm so elated for him. Uh, he's been doing some of the, I call it more dirty work for the wide receivers of more pass blocking um, there's even a couple of times where during the game, it, it, even like the, I think it was Eli short or Eli stove. Um, he, one of the passes to him, Capers was out there and blocking for him. If Capers doesn't make a good block, Eli stove gets tackled and uh, we don't score the touchdown. So Capers is doing that dirty work on the, on the outside. And uh, I'm glad to see he's also getting some passes. I think more and more as you see, uh, he'll get a few attempts uh, to catch balls, and he's going to make the most of them. Um, so excited for him for that. Yeah, I was, yeah, he he's a big body, uh, not not big. He's tall, um, and so I think that it is good to see because you you know I mean we all assume Seth Seth is gone after this year, so you want to start all right. Let's start planning for the future while you can still win games. I mean you don't just give up and plan, but you you can plan and win. So I think it is good to get him in the point in in the uh, offense. <clears throat> um, we got to talk about Papa Stove, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that guy was probably MVP. I mean he was doing everything. Yeah. Um, on on offense, so well MVP is gonna go to Bo, but you know <laughs> from the receiving core, he's just he's just steady, and I call him Papa Stove because he's probably older than me. And um, honestly, he'd come back for his like sixth or seventh or twentieth year, yeah. whatever he's at. Yeah, somebody tweeted. They said that uh, Stove is playing in his twentieth uh, Auburn LSU game. <laughs> and I was like, "That's probably." And the crazy thing is, he can come back next year. This year doesn't yep. count, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, that guy was all over the place, making plays. That screen play to him 
that you know went down to the got it down to like the ten. That was a great design, mm-hmm. great play by him. Um, so yeah, I was I was I like him. He he's a uh, he's been through a lot of adversity, so I like to see him succeed. Yeah, and I didn't even really have him on my radar for wide receivers that I thought would probably break out this game, but it was very obvious that their game plan for Eli Stove to get the ball was working and they just kept going back to him. If it wasn't the jet sweep where they handed off to him, it was throwing a route that he makes a few guys miss. I mean, and I feel like Eli is one of those guys. If if he, if he gets hit in the backfield, he's probably not getting too many yards, Mm -hmm. but he was making guys miss this game. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he found lanes that, he hasn't found in previous games. So there's been years where Eli Stove would have probably been our number one. I mean, there's been, you know, before, you know, there's been Auburn years, you know, in the past 15 where Eli would have been, Eli's our number three, but he's really good. So when Stinkley's guarding Seth, and I don't know who they got guarding shorts and Stove, I mean, that's probably why we, we targeted him a lot Mm -hmm. um, because he's a really, really, really good receiver. And if he's going up against the number three DB, he should be, you know, having some pretty good games. So I, I was glad to see, you know, them kind of game plan. That's coaching stuff. You like to see that. Mm-hmm. The game plan that we knew and, and, it, and it worked. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think overall, let's kind of like wrap this offense up. The offense was figuring something out. And, and I, I tweeted it out from the E2C account. Whatever this Auburn team was feeling this game, I really hope that they feel it for the rest of this season. Yeah, because no that that was a good feeling from just a fan perspective, but you got to think those players were feeling so good about this. Um, I mean, they were probably saying, we just got to squeak out another win. We got to get this win. And for them to do it in such a convincing fashion, they got to be feeling so good because all aspects of the game just shine this game. Huge confidence booster, huge. Uh, let's switch a little bit to talk about some defense because, I mean, the defense, we've talked a lot about the offense, but the defense to only allow 11 points and really the you know last touchdown was when we had our second and third stringers in there already. And uh, LSU has scored, okay, get this, 30 or more points in 21 of their last 23 games. Only two who games. The two game, who are the two they didn't, AJ? Hmm. I'm going to guess Auburn. And that's true because it, both in 2019 and 2020, uh, that, that Auburn was able to stop them. That's the 2019 like freight train offense, <laughs> which it was. I'm not, that's yep. not sarcasm. They were a freight train and they did not get 30 points against Auburn. That's crazy. Yeah. And then even this year, where they've put up 40 plus almost every game and, until this point. And, uh, I mean, I know they're, they're on to their freshman quarterbacks. I don't care. Um, the last, uh, the game before this LSU was putting up points and Auburn was able to stop their freshman quarterbacks, both of them. Um, as they, I don't know, like they, they seem to be the freshmen. Like they, they were making the freshman mistakes. Um, they were doing the freshman things. They weren't getting the ball continually down the field. And uh, that's what you love to see. I mean, Auburn definitely teed off on them. Um, and we got to their quarterback four different times. Um, and a lot of those were on bigger plays. Those were on those third down kind of plays where you're hoping our defense can get to them. Um, and even some of those ended up being that fumble, that scoop in the score. And 
you got to love that for the defense. The defense has been uh, a lot of time just kind of taking the brunt of this. And uh, they're, they're getting, uh, I feel like they're getting more and more accolades as the season go, it, it goes on. Um, Jared, how are you feeling about the, the way the front seven particularly kind of played this game and uh, stopping the run and getting to the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was probably the most complete game we've played since probably 2017 Georgia. Um, and I know we did good against Alabama that year, too, but we absolutely just dominated Georgia in 2017. Yeah. I feel like this, this from a complete standpoint, was good, just, it was just a domination. That's a good comparison. I, I hadn't thought about that, but we were able to stop Georgia's run game. They had nothing in the air in 2017. I think they literally had 35 yards rushing that game. I think LSU might have had 35 yards yep. rushing. I mean, it was yeah. just... They, yeah, we smothered them. Um, Kevin Steele did a great job. The front seven is just starting to play really well. I think we might have had four sacks. Um, yep, you know, we did. We, and, and we missed a few. We missed a few times. That's the only complaint I have. We And listen, I know I'm splitting hairs here at this point, but we did miss a few sacks. We missed a few tackles for loss, and we continue to do that. Or we could have turned other games into this. But um, they did great. Papo, I off the record, kind of been a little, eh, I don't know if he's the player some people say he is. He played great. He mm-hmm. was all over the place. Zacoby McClain was all over the place. I mean, somebody put, if somebody tweeted, if Zacoby McClain was, you know, 250 pounds, he would probably kill somebody. I mean, the way he attacks, and he's a small guy, if he if he had size on him, he, there would be some people hurting. Yeah. Um, I was very, very pleased. I didn't see a weak spot other than missing some tackles behind the line of scrimmage, but the way they did other things, I, I can live with that. Yeah. I mean, when you're, I mean, for the most part of the game, literally until halfway through the fourth quarter, only given up three points, three points. And, and really, honestly, even up, up until pretty much mostly through the fourth quarter, LSU had not even gotten past the 30. They didn't reach the red zone. Did you know that? That's ridiculous. I read it. I guess their touchdown was outside. They did not reach the red zone. I mean, yeah, that was a long pass or i think yeah i think at least at least outside the 20 yeah so they i think that might have been the i have some stat about the first time auburn's done that since i think the arkansas game in 2016 where stove took it to the house first play of the game Mm. i don't think arkansas got the red zone then but other than that yeah that's pretty impressive yeah and and, i mean you and i were talking about our the defense kind of the game plan for it before this game and we were more or less saying keep lsu to 24 and even then i was thinking that's a pretty high ask because of lsu scoring 40 plus almost every game and the defense they played their butts off and there was no no way lsu was going to win this game uh with how well our defense was playing man the real promising thing is if 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 the running game was stopped because zacoby and uh, uh papo are now you know, filling that KJ Britt role if they finally figure that out. If that's the case, I mean this 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 could be a fun uh, end of the year. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and I think we were we saw, uh, I'd say a little bit of a void when KJ went down uh, to finally figure out what does that look like. What does that you know the leader on the defense kind of look like? And it seems like McLean and Papo are kind of stepping into that that role of being the true defensive leader and uh being in in on most of the plays i mean 
we've seen sometimes where they've missed angles, they've taken the bad angle, but they're improving. And they're, I mean, you can't stop somebody for only 32 yards of rushing the whole game if you're taking bad angles. And both of them were taking, for the most part, pretty good angles to get and, and plug up those holes. Let's talk about uh, some special teams here and kind of round this out. So on special teams, I feel like we had a pretty good game. The only kind of blemish was the missed PAT um, after a touchdown. And, uh, I mean, that's just uh, – that that always kind of hurts a little bit, just knowing how good Daniel Carlson was. And then you're thinking, all right, Anders, keep you – know, you got this thing going back again. Let's, let's keep it going. <laughs> keep the streak going. But that's all right. His leg was tired. He'd kick so many. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, hey, he, he saved probably a touchdown return. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we talked about defense and we didn't bring that up. I know that was special teams. That, <laughs> man, that could have been not the play of the game because I just think we still would have won. But, I mean, that yeah. would have that was a huge momentum. And, I mean, yep. he – that's a great tackle. I mean, you don't see too many kickers where it would look like a pretty confident looking tackle too. It yes, wasn't, it did. It didn't yeah. look like he's just laying down and trying to like trip up the guy. No, he's going for he's going for a legit tackle there. It was a legit tackle. Um, and then we also had a couple punters uh, come out. Aiden Marshall and Oscar Chapman kind of split them. Uh, Aiden uh, punted the ball pretty well. Um, he even got one down inside at that one yard line. Um, I think he had one roll into the end zone. Um, but I mean, overall pretty good for Aiden. Uh Oscar Chapman also had a pretty good uh game too. Um we had him punt a couple times and he averaged thirty nine yards uh per punt. Um he all he almost got almost. It was probably about a yard shy of kind of getting to the corner of the end zone. You know, the corner like at the one yard line, just kicking mm-hmm. it out right there. Mm-hmm. So um I'd love to see Oscar kind of just nail one of those one day and it just be just pin somebody deep and make them drive down the field 99 yards like Auburn had to do um, and score a touchdown. So it, it puts a lot of pressure on the offense to get out of the end zone in the first off, but then keep keep the drive going. No no complaints about special teams. Missing the extra point, but I mean, it. you know, you don't want to do that. You want to be focused every time, but it had no bearing on the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another kind of high points uh, for special teams. We had uh, Eli Stove take uh, a punt return, and uh, he did pretty well there. Um, but we also had uh, Mark Antony Richards, uh, and you've already alluded to it, was uh, him getting a punt return for 18 yards. And uh, good to see him get some play time. I honestly hope that this is kind of his coming out party of, hey, I'm here. Let's play. I'm I'm athletic. Let me out. Um, even if it's like, even if it is like he plays punt return uh, and that's all he does, he obviously he got 18 yards. He can probably do more than that. Um, so give him, uh, give him chances to, to make some big plays. Um, Jared, any other final thoughts on this LSU game? I mean, the, the, one of the biggest wins I, I can think of, um, obviously the biggest scoring margin against LSU but against a big competition like this in, in quite some time. Um, any other thoughts about this game? No, I think it just shows what we thought we could be. I mean, we're a talented team, and, and when we put it all together, you know, LSU is definitely not typical LSU of pass, but they're talented. So uh, put it all together, it just went to show that we, we can beat a lot of teams out there, I think. So um, just got to keep that rolling, build off that confidence, and, uh, you know, keep it moving. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of 
talent uh, on this Auburn team. It was just a matter of trying to utilize those and get those guys in the right positions at the right time. And uh, it, it's showing for the last couple games there's a trend that these coaches are figuring out how to do that, and that's very encouraging. Um, now we're heading into a bye week, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of break down what we expect out of the bye week in the next podcast. Um, Jared, uh, before we get out of here, how can uh, the uh, people stay in touch with you? Yep, you can just find me on Facebook uh, or Instagram, just under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?